Hi everyone, this is This Chick's Just Saying. I just wanted to welcome you back to my podcast and just continue on as to how I actually ended up moving out eventually. And I was starting to get picked on from my brother because I was responsible for doing the parenting because my mom was gone a lot and she was, for the first while, she was working on her recovery with Alcoholics Anonymous and she would be visiting friends and all that stuff and trying to stay sober as a single mom with um, four young kids and then and of course most of the responsibility fell on me after my sister had left to go and live with my dad because I guess my mom and my sister were butting heads too much so she left when I was pretty young and she was three years older than me and so when she left though to go live with my dad he wasn't very kind to her so she didn't really have a good a good go of it either but anyways so eventually I did decide after that after I couldn't really take the bullying anymore from my brother and I could see that my younger brother was starting to see that it was working and he didn't have to do chores and he didn't have to do anything so I had many times and kind of my light bulb moment was I used to on our in our bedroom we would have these coats piled up on kind of the corner knob of the bunk beds and it was um and I used to wrap my arms around that and I used to sit there and I would just cry and I would pretend that all those coats hanging on that knob were an adult an adult putting their arms around me and hugging me and saying it's okay it's okay it's gonna be all right I got you I'll take care of you But sadly, there wasn't anyone to do that. So then I realized I have to do that for myself. And I had to do the hardest thing I've ever done in my whole life. And I had to write a letter to my mom because I didn't know how to tell her to her face that I had to get out of here and I had to leave for my own mental sanity. And at the time, I luckily had a friend who was actually the daughter of uh, our local pastor. And she had talked to her family and they had agreed that I could come and stay with them for a little while, which was amazing to me and they had actually left the little town that I was in and they were living in um, just about 15 minutes out of our main town area so it was closer to town and they were going to the I would still be able to go to the same high school and everything so I ended up actually moving in with them And my mom was very upset with me and she felt very betrayed. And she thought for the longest time, like actually always, I think she always felt that way because she brought it up as I was an adult too, 
that she figured I left for money. I left because this family had more money and I left because it was closer to my boyfriend and that was absolutely not the case. And she never did believe me, but I can honest to God tell you that it was not for money. It was not for being closer to my boyfriend. Those were definitely bonuses, but it was not for those reasons. I honest to God thought I was going to lose my mind. I was going to have a nervous breakdown and I honestly could not take being a parent anymore to two younger siblings and I couldn't take the responsibility of making sure the laundry was done, making sure my schoolwork was done, making sure the paper route was done, making sure everybody did their jobs because what would end up happening is they would just bully me and then I would end up doing the jobs because I just wanted to keep everybody happy and I didn't want to get in trouble for my mom so it was just easier if I did it and it just became too much for me. And so at the age of 14, I decided to leave. Um, actually, sorry, at the age of 15, I decided to leave. So um, it was halfway through grade nine as when I left. So it was a very, very difficult time, but I knew I had to do it. Otherwise, uh, well, I, d I had to, I had to do it. It was not by choice. So, and this family ended up actually taking me to social services and got me set up where I could get some money for living there. Well, I didn't get it. They did, but it enabled them to be able to afford to pay for my food and to afford to take care of me or at least help towards it. So and that was amazing. So it worked out really well. But with that came some bittersweet uh, situation. So with that, um, I don't know if any of you has ever been on social assistance, but, and it is an amazing tool and it is out there for people who are just trying to get through life and trying to survive. Um, and I was still in high school and wanted to continue and graduate. And so when I got set up with that, I ended up getting $425 is what they would get to help take care of me like for my food and rent basically or whatever. And, um, and then I would get $60 and that was to help me pay for toiletries is how they explained it to me. So that was for my shampoo, my conditioner, my deodorant and all those fun things. So, which was great. It taught me to you know, pick and choose what we spent our products on. And so with me, I got that money. And so did my friend, who, which was their daughter. Um, she also got her $60 too at the same time. So that was their way of thinking, okay, great. If Lisa's going to get this 60 bucks, then so will the daughter. And so... 
it worked out really well until um, eventually they were very insistent on me getting a job. And considering I had worked since I was 10 years old, to be honest, I was really, really enjoying not having to work and to just be a normal kid for a while and to be able to go to school and to come home and just have my homework to do and to help with the dishes and to do my laundry and basically just be a normal kid for a bit. But that didn't last too long because I don't think they liked how much time we were spending with boyfriends, me and my friend. And so they were very insistent on us getting a job. And so we didn't drive at the time. Um, So they would drive us. And eventually, um, my friend did get her license. And so she was driving. But myself, I was an extremely nervous driver. And I really did not want to drive. I was terrified to go above 60, so I actually really quite drug my heels um, on getting my license. And to be honest, I had a boyfriend that drove, and he enjoyed driving, so I didn't really, I didn't really want to, and I didn't really need to. I didn't think in a big way because I just wasn't ready. I just. I was just too scared, to be honest. I was just too terrified to be driving. So um, anyways, as it turned out, I we had to go and get jobs. And so we ended up, and I got in big trouble um, because I wasn't, I guess, getting a job fast enough. So they got upset with me and said, I have to go into town and I have to go and apply for jobs. And I got to do that right away. And so I actually went and biked into town because they were being very difficult. And I, and if you know, like I live, well, it was 15 minutes out of town by car ride. So I guess 15 kilometers, roughly 15, 20 kilometers out of town. And on the way into town is all downhill um, or a lot of it. Well, a good portion of it was. Or it was kind of like flat, you know. Um, But on the way back, it was basically all straight uphill. And so when I went into town, I biked in. And my friend was supposed to pick me up. um, Because I was going to bike around town and hand out resumes. And I did. I handed out resumes to a couple different places. And... I ended up, and at the time we didn't have cell phones or anything, so I just waited and waited. You watching porn? Yep. So anyways, needless to say, she ended up forgetting me, and I had to bike home all the way by myself, and I didn't have any money on me, and I didn't have any water or anything, and so... It was a very, very long bike ride back. And I, honest to God, thought I was going to pass out because, of course, it was like the hottest day ever. And I seriously contemplated drinking ditch water. I look back now wondering why I didn't end up actually stopping because I had to drive past a Mr. G's. 
but I thought, oh, I'll make it, I'll make it. And I, honest to God, barely, barely, barely made it. I seriously was so exhausted, so exhausted and so dehydrated. Like I was dizzy. I thought I was going to pass out. And I was really, like I said, I was really debating whether or not to drink ditch water. But then I was worried I would end up with all these weird bugs and stuff inside my stomach. So anyways, I drove finally biked into the driveway and I was just majorly fatigued and I came inside and she was sitting at the table and I was like did you forget something like I thought you were going to pick me up and not in a rude way or anything. I just kind of was like, hey. And she's like, oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot. And then that was the end of it. And I brought it up later in front of her parents. And they just kind of were like, eh, whatever. I couldn't freaking believe it. I honest to God couldn't believe it. But yet again, what do you do? So... And, yeah, there was a couple, definitely, situations like that that were not very nice. I will say, though, I was very grateful that they took me in. And I was, the first year, almost, was, well, maybe the first six months. The first six months was pretty awesome. We were playing family pretty much, and I felt, for the most part, like a normal child, what I pictured a normal family to be like. And I will always be grateful for that because it did expose me to what a normal family is like, and I didn't really have that growing up, but that soon changed, so I found out, me and actually, so I'll tell you this, me and the dad got along really well. We, um, I don't know, we just joked around. It was just, it was just fine. I don't know, it was just easy. Like we would just talk or whatever. I don't know, it just was, we got along. And so my friend and her dad butted heads a lot because they were very much similar personalities. And my friend could be very abrasive, let's just say. And so they butted heads a lot. It's not that they didn't love each other. They did. It's just, yeah, you know, when people are just the exact same personalities and they can clash at times. And so then there became a bit of a dynamics where the mom, because my friend and her dad wouldn't get along or argue at times, they they had their fun, don't worry, like they had their fun moments, but they argued a fair bit. And so then the mom would, I think, try to kind of overcompensate and be kind of mean to me and to try to create a, a dynamics of 
the mom and her kind of against me and the dad. And another really odd dynamic was, I guess, one of the reasons why they decided to help me out from my situation, which I didn't know at the time, actually, was I reminded them a lot of a daughter that they had that passed away of cancer. And so this daughter passed away at the age of 10. And so five years later, and so they had just moved to our town, I guess, right after this daughter had passed. So we never really knew about her or knew, they obviously never really talked about her. And so they probably, which looking back, moved to a new town to try to kind of start over. And because it was a really, really sad, awful thing to have a child with cancer and to be really, really sick and then to pass away from the cancer. So I get why they moved to a new town to kind of start over. And when they got to this new town, me and the daughter became really good friends. Uh, And I guess I ended up reminding them a lot of the other daughter that they had lost. And so I think they kind of figured that this was a way that they could maybe honor their daughter who passed away by helping someone with a similar personality out of a situation that I was in that was something beyond my control. And I really, really did need the help. And so, like I said, I will be forever grateful, even though it became a whole nother craziness, but it still was the best thing I ever did. And I still am very grateful for it. So there became a lot of tension when I was living with them saying, she's not Becky, she's not Becky, you know, which was the daughter that passed away. And I guess the dad and Becky were very, very close. And so thus, he felt that same connection with me. And I guess I'm kind of a spunky, little quirky personality. And I like to joke around a lot. And I guess that was kind of a similar characteristic of what Becky was like. And so I guess that's how I reminded them of her. But anyways, so this created a bit of a dynamics and it turned out to be eventually a very toxic situation. But they were kind of stuck with me because they had agreed to take me on and I just needed somewhere to be until I graduated. And I definitely could not go back to my mom because even though she would have taken me back, but that was just a very, very unhealthy dynamics for me. So I just basically was biding my time again until I graduated. And then that would be my time when I was an adult and my life was my choices. So there was a lot of craziness there because then what would happen is my friend and her mom would 
start, well, my friend would make up lies about me and say, oh, well, she's like doing drugs with her boyfriend and she's having sex with her boyfriend. And, you know, and they would, of course, go to church every Sunday and they would say, well, why isn't your boyfriend coming? And I said, well, because he doesn't want to come. And I enjoyed going to church. I didn't, you know, I'm a very spiritual person. I'm not a religious person, but I'm a very spiritual person. And, um, and I didn't mind going to church. The only thing that bothered me was kind of seeing hypocritical people, which sadly I was kind of living with some at the time a bit. And she would plant, she would basically tell her mom that I was doing drugs and this and that, which was absolutely not the truth. If anything, my friend was the one who was coming home drunk. She was the one screwing her boyfriend in the bedroom. Like actually one day, her dad busted into the room and the boyfriend was hiding behind the door. And they had just been having sex. Like I waited forever because there is no bloody way I wanted to get knocked up or pregnant or anything. I was terrified to have sex. Because I knew with my luck, I would end up pregnant on the first shot. I don't care what the odds are. It would probably happen to me. And I wasn't ready to raise a kid. I had a life plan and that did not include having kids at this moment. Not until I was ready for them. Because I know how, basically, you have no choice into what family you're born into. So why would I do that to my kids? So anyways, and yeah, I became this crazy dynamics anyways and so after a while this is why actually when I literally the day I graduated um, the day we had our grad ceremony the very next morning my boyfriend had his pickup backed up to the house and we loaded up all my stuff and I had already found a basement suite that I was going to move into and I was out of there. But a bit of a before that though, there was some other situations that happened where my friend was very unkind to me. One day I was coming home from where was I coming home from actually I was coming home from my boyfriend's that's where it was I was walking home walking in the driveway and my friend was sitting at her kitchen table and she looked at me and she's like and she just had this look of disgust I'm like hey how's it going and she's like you know what you you disgust me and I'm like oh yeah why she's like I am paying for people like you because she was looking at her paycheck and looking all the taxes coming off and so she was saying how I was just a loser basically or a waste of skin just sucking the life out of society because I was on welfare And she's like, I'm paying for you to exist. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I said, well, your parents are the ones who are getting the money for me. It's not like it's going into my bank account. I'm like, sorry you feel that way, but it's the way it is. And, um, yeah, then I just walked away. 
So that was very nice. And another time too, when actually back when I got my $60, when I had said how me and her each got our $60 for our toiletries, this was absolutely not fair. And so what they did was, okay, well, Lisa's getting $60, so we're going to give you $60 to the daughter to buy your toiletries, and this will teach you guys to be, like, responsible adults. Well, the part that also happened because I was on social assistance, any money that I made, and because they were making us work, any money that I made after the first $100, 75% of my check I had to pay to them because social services would take, well, 75% of the money off of what they would pay to them to have me. So basically, I got to keep the first $100 of my money for the month. I got to keep the $60, obviously. And then after that, I only got to keep $25 or 25% of anything else that I made. So I was paying them out of my own wages that I was earning in addition to going to high school to live at that house. And whereas my friend, she got the $60 plus she got to keep 100% of her paycheck. And then she was telling me how I discussed her so which was extremely unfair and I thought you know what if I'm putting up oh another thing too that um, the mom used to do which drove me crazy is she would get a lot of praise and adoration and everything for taking me in and it was amazing I will say for the first six months it was amazing it was great and kudos to her she was a great mom But after that six-month honeymoon, when all of a sudden the tension started between uh, the daughter and the dad, and then the mom started, you know, trying to be mean to me to, I don't know, I guess, make the daughter feel better. I'm not sure exactly what, but she would be very unkind to me when everybody wasn't looking. But in front of everybody, she was like, yeah, aren't we so great? Aren't we so nice? Yes, we really did this. And yeah. And then, and oh my God, to this day, I absolutely hate fake people for that reason. I honestly do not care if you don't like me. Of course, I want you to like me. But if you don't, that is your choice. I know I'm a good person. But I cannot stand people who put on a fake show and pretend to be nice and caring and loving. And then behind the scenes, she hated me. She hated me because I think um, I reminded them of their daughter that had passed. She hated me because I created this rift between the daughter and the dad And I would hear that all the time. She's not Becky. She's not Becky, Dad. She's not Becky. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I created this whole crazy dynamics in there. And 
I get it. They, they were dealing with grief and they were going through their own thing, but it was not fair to me. And yeah, so basically, literally the day I graduated, I thought, you know what, you guys, I get it. You're kind of stuck with me now. And I tried to stay under the radar and stay out of their way. But literally the day I graduated, the very next morning, we had our grad ceremony. And then the very next morning, I I left and I didn't look back. I just needed to get out of that toxic environment. And I thought, look, you guys will be better for it. I'll be better for it. Um, don't worry about it. Problem solved. You won't have to deal with this ever, ever again. And then the ironic part was... The mom was like, oh, I don't know why you feel you have to leave. Oh, I don't know this. And I'm thinking, are you on glue, lady? But she wasn't, of course. But I'm like, are you crazy? Like, why in what fucking world would I want to stay here in this toxic environment? Hell fucking no. So, yeah, I just changed where the money was going to because it was my welfare money. And I rented a bachelor pad basement suite that was close behind one of the places I was working. I literally had no bed. I literally had no pots and pans. I had one crock pot that I'd got given from some grad gifts. I had a toaster that I had and that was it. Some toiletries, of course, that I bought myself and some clothes and that's it I slept on the floor in this bachelor pad for a long time um and I actually ended up unfortunately wrecking the center shell of the crock pot trying to make some noodles one time because I put it on an element um I had like a a little two element kind of fake stove thing in this place where I was staying and it cracked so that kind of messed me up but um luckily I was working at a restaurant so and I just walked there and I had no vehicle no nothing I had a bike um which was good so I used to bike um to my one job and I had two jobs at the time and I would walk to the one where I was a hostess and that was within walking distance and then I would just take a cab home because by the time I'd be done it'd be like 11 30 at night and I didn't want to get raped and murdered on the way home and then my other one I worked at a tanning salon at a hotel downtown which was about mm, 25 30 minute bike ride and I would bike there and back and yeah so I just thought, well, and then eventually, actually, my boyfriend's auntie was very awesome and found out I had no mattress. And so I think a couple months in, I was able to have a mattress, which was kind of nice. And yeah, I just grew my stuff from there. So and then actually, from that point forward, I was in charge of my life, which was nice. My life was going to be my choice, good, bad, or ugly. If I made good choices, hopefully things would work out well. But I at least had control over what toxic people were around me. 
And so, and then that was the beginning of a whole nother phase of my life. So, and we will discuss that in another podcast. So do know, even though things are very frustrating and can feel like you have no choices, you do. I chose to keep my nose down, just get through it, do my homework, go to school. And when I could, get the fuck out of there. And tried to take what good things I did learn from that situation and move forward. You know, what do you do? You dwell on the past. It's not going to get you anywhere. All it's going to do is make you toxic and angry and bitter. And that's not going to help anybody. It's not going to help make your life any better. And yeah, so stay tuned. Okay, talk to you later. Bye.